Hello and welcome to From the Trenches, the Business Examiner podcast. My name is John McDonald. This episode features a special guest from Herald Engineering. The company is a leading island-based consulting engineering firm. And our conversation covers how they have approached growing their business in a COVID world, management strategies, how advances in technology are currently and going to impact the construction and development sector, and a whole lot more. Our conversation starts now. My name is uh, Lee Rowley. I'm, I'm the Managing Principal of Herald Engineering Limited. Uh, my role is much like a Managing Director. I coordinate in corporate matters, chairing board meetings, and generally overseeing the administration of the company. Herald Engineering is a, a civil and structural engineering consultant company. Uh, we also provide building enclosure and project management services. Herald Engineering was started uh, in 1994 by Mike Herald, and uh, he's still with us uh, working as, a, as an engineer. He's kind of uh, semi-retired, let's say. At least he's retired from the, uh, the, uh, the hard work of being a principal. He started it in 1994. George Horabowicz joined us in 2000 and uh, started our civil group in Herald Engineering. Uh, and I joined in 2005. And uh, we were a lot smaller then. And uh, now we have a team of approximately 80 full-time and part-time staff uh, with offices in uh, Nymo, Victoria, and Euclid. Our management team comprises eight principals and 16, soon to be 18 associates. Very cool. Well, and it's been very interesting to see the growth and um, you guys have your hands in so many different things. I see the signs every once in a while, uh, driving throughout Nanaimo. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to jump into this uh, with you. Uh, one of the things I wanted to cover, and it's kind of a theme that's come up um, in conversations with businesses throughout the island um, and, and in other places about growing the business now that we're in the, kind of like this new reality of, uh, of business with all the, the, the challenges that COVID has presented. Were you able to speak to, I guess, a little bit of how your business adapted uh, initially and then how you've approached growth kind of in this new reality? Yeah, sure. Um, it's been interesting. Uh, it was a good question, and I, I kind of thought a little bit about it. And um, I think we've always been flexible uh, with our staff uh, in terms of uh, hours and uh, trying to accommodate uh, the work-life balance on the Vancouver Island. Uh, it's a big part of what I think makes Herald Engineering a good, good place to work. And so when uh, we initially had to pivot to remote working, uh, like everybody else did, we kind of had some of the systems in place to be able to do that. And uh, certainly our IT uh, manager did a sterling job uh, kind of pivoting us quickly to to working from home. Uh, We were lucky that uh, our offices could be made uh, to work in the COVID environment. And so there was a period where everybody was, most people were away from the office Uh, but i think after a few months people started to migrate back we didn't really mandate it but uh people um people generally just wanted to return to work and so our job was then to make the 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 places good for them to do that and uh and so we still have one or two people off um but uh things have worked obviously there's been lots of pressures and and stress as a result of it but i think we've kind of weathered it fairly well I think Zoom and Teams is here to stay, um, that's for sure. I think um, as people have been vaccinated and, and uh, things have changed, uh, there will be more um, more meetings, uh, especially on the creative and team aspects of things, that, that Zoom isn't a great vehicle for uh, creativity. 
So I think that's going to come back. Uh, that team synergy and that team energy really doesn't translate that well over, over Zoom. But for administrative meetings, meetings which are more administratively focused and, um, and uh, are more structured, I think that Zoom is a real vehicle to save time and money. Uh, and so in those areas where people may be thinking that they don't have to waste time a little bit in terms of travel and that kind of thing for a meeting they only only speak for five minutes in. I think those are those are the, the the meetings that perhaps can be done best by Zoom. But for the, for those where you're kind of actively engaged in a discussion that really needs a, uh, input, then I think you you can't beat an in-person meeting. But obviously we have to follow the rules and uh, and follow the guidance, and so that's going to happen fairly slowly. But I'm already already seeing some some of these things kind of coming through. So hopefully. Uh, that becomes uh, this, you know, with 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 numbers changing, etc. We hope that uh, that will become a reality in the future. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I can only imagine the challenges that you guys would go through with such a large staff. There, um, I want to ask you a little bit about the differentiation side of things within, like the engineering. I don't know if you call it industry the construction construction sector. I know that you guys do project management, um, which which I think is a little bit unusual for some. Uh, engineering firms, can you elaborate on, on on maybe that a little bit, and just how you guys have separated yourselves from uh, from the rest of the pack on the island? Yeah, I think um, my partner George and uh, Jared and, and a couple of other our principals have got that project management experience, and it, and it really it's more of a client agent type role where we coordinate uh, the various professional and design, uh, professionals in the in the group uh, on behalf of the clients. We're not competing with contractors, for example. We're mainly there to act as client agents and support the client in, in the delivery of the project. And so there's a few of us do that. Um, it's rewarding work, and, and uh, it's certainly a, a performance-based kind of uh, role. You need to actually deliver to actually get the repeat work. And one of the things that, um, in terms of our growth, I think has been partly due to that kind of relationship-based approach to things. Um, we do provide a, a wide, wide range of services, which kind of makes us a little bit uh, not super new, unique. I mean, we're a smallish firm compared to the, the massive ones that do similar roles. So I guess for a firm of our size, that kind of gives us a little bit of a diversity for resisting certain market changes. I think we've got a real strive. We really strive to give good science, uh, service, uh, and that the staff that we have really do that exceedingly well uh, we want like to maintain our client relationships we see that the you know the, the best business development you can have is the, is the project that you were on last so uh, we certainly want to leave our projects with a positive attitude the other thing that differentiates us I think we, we really try and engage our staff and ourselves actually in the community not just the, the construction industry community um, but also the wider community and so we support we do a lot of community activities and, and sponsor a lot of people's sports teams and that kind of thing. We also support ch local charities and that kind of thing as well. Um, so that's a certain, and certainly that uh, that's what, uh, when I came to, to Herald Engineering, I think Mike and George were big advocates of that. And I think we've tried to continue that through. Uh, and it's kind of fun too. So um, it makes work a little bit different. Uh, and then we have a really good, succession plan we have a really strong succession plan and uh, that continues to evolve as time goes on and so that's something that uh, we're constantly talking about and working on 
Uh, and so that gives us a, a little bit more longer-term thinking and uh, longer-term planning in the way we approach things. I don't know whether there are differences, but I would say that there certainly some of the positives that I would associate with what we do. Yeah. Well, I like the succession planning. I think that's pr- fairly progressive for like a smaller mid-sized market like the island. Um, and it just offers continuity for some of the, probably some of the bigger clients that you guys deal with, where you guys are have a clear plan of that you're going to be there, right? No matter what happens. So um, next three to six months, what do you guys have uh, going on? I know there was a recent move for location change in Victoria, um, but from you know projects and just kind of general outlook there. Yeah, well, um, um, the, there's obviously an election coming, so we don't know what's uh, uh, going to be the result of that. Um, hopefully, uh, it looks as if there's going to be support for the construction industry still, and, uh, and there's a definitely a need for it. Uh, the main thing for us has been hiring. Um, we, we have been busy um, and, um, and continue to be busy. And so we, we've been wrestling with hiring. We've actually had to, 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 to actually look at recruitment, recruitment agencies to find staff. We've just had the big move in Victoria. And uh, so there's lots of positive changes that have been occurring in the, uh, but I think in the next three to six months, I think we've been, there's been a lot of moving pieces with COVID, with the office move, with the, uh, with the growth, new staff, that kind of thing. So I think it's um, the main thing focus for us will be to maintain those service levels that made us successful so far and uh, focus on a little bit of stability and consolidation uh, so that uh, we, we bring on board the, the, the new staff that we've hired Make sure that they're uh, uh, you know, welcomed onto the team and, and, and brought on board. And then in the meantime, uh, the principal group will be planning for the future. And, and so we'll be in planning mode over the next three to six months, uh, looking at the succession plan as always, looking at where markets are going and uh, where we need to be to, to position ourselves in the next, uh, in the next whatever uh, opportunity that arrives. Oh, tremendous. Um, last kind of question about the business specifically here. Is there a project uh, of note that you kind of like to highlight or that you're particularly proud of maybe over the last year, calendar year or so? Um, for me personally, I guess um, Lake Trail um, School Edition up in uh, Courtney. Um, it's, it's quite the innovative project. It's basically a partial upgrade to the school, a partial upgrade in addition to the school. And we're using mass timber as, uh, as the floor and roof system. So that's kind of cool. It looks, it looks pretty nice too. I want to ask you a little bit about your background and kind of how you got involved uh, with Harold. Um, like if, if you could maybe start there and then just maybe what one of the bigger challenges that you face is you're kind of acclimating to, to the new company. Yeah, well, um, I kind of transitioned from, uh, I'm obviously not from around here, I'm from the UK originally. So uh, while I was in the UK, I transitioned from a consultant to a contractor. So uh, medium-sized consultancy to uh, a huge, well, it was AMEC, it was a large uh, contractor in the UK in the design-build side of things. Uh, then I moved to, to Calgary and uh, worked for a consultancy again, kind of uh, starting to learn the ropes again. Um, and while I was there, I kind of, uh, went into the uh, project management side of things and uh, that company got bought out and I moved over to Alberta Infrastructure working for government in the project management group there. That was really interesting to work for a client organization and owner's rep. So I kind of felt that I'd done uh, consultancy contracting and kind of uh, now the owner's side of things. 
I got seconded to the Calgary Health Region briefly, and uh, and then I became I was uh, managed the um, Southern Alberta Facility Evaluation and Project Management Group, which is kind of cool. So uh, I did that, and then uh, then I got itchy feet. I, got, I felt I was getting a little too far away from engineering. Uh, I, I was doing a lot of pro project management, mainly management work. So uh, this opportunity came up out the blue to to to, to look at the island uh, as a so we did, and um, it was kind of a change because Herald Engineering is the smallest organization I've actually worked in, so that was a little change. Um, but it was a, for me, it was a natural progression after all I'd done before to become a director of a business, a business owner, just you know, from a career goal point of view. And so that was part of the deal of me kind of joining Herald Engineering was that you know if my, if I performed well, I would that would that would happen. And the reason I was brought on board was to to help manage their buildings group. They'd had some staff turnover, and, and they, they 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 felt they needed some management skills to actually bring that uh, round. And so that's why I was uh, brought on board. Awesome. And so when you were kind of coming on to to do that, was there a challenge that you faced initially? Uh, could be, it could have been something like you know culture shock. You're work, used to working for these major organizations, and now there's you you know almost everybody's name, or probably do now. <laughs> um, you know, was there, was there anything that, like that that kind of came up? I think, I think the, um, the main thing that struck me, uh, obviously you come into a new organization and you kind of do a, a dispassionate analysis of what you're getting into. So, so I, the main thing I thought was that there's, uh, it was, it was definitely growing pains. I think there was certainly a lack of an appreciation of what management involves. I think the, the, the idea of a grinder was definitely in, involved uh, in this. And, it, it, and so it should be if you're a young company trying to get yourself started, you need to put, your, put the effort in and get the work. What happened is that we were very successful at getting work, but unfortunately when you got that kind of grinder attitude, it, uh, it can get, lead to a bit of a heads down approach and be, uh, becoming really reactive. So there's a few easy things that we just kind of fixed right away. And I was given the uh, fair play to Mike and George, they gave me the legs to do it, so I did. So the main thing was kind of removing some of the bottlenecks. Uh, so my initial focus was on the basics really. So setting a little bit of an organizational structure and stability uh, in, in the group. So who does what for who was a key thing. Just make sure that you know, there was clear lines of communication. Centralizing the work distribution and resource planning. That was another key thing. Uh, so people knew what they were doing and, and when things need to be, to be done and they couldn't, uh, they couldn't be distracted by other people asking them to do work. It would have to come through others uh, to do that. Uh, decentralization of decision-making uh, by empowering certain staff. So we brought, we made certain staff members kind of like little mini, uh, leader, uh, mini leaders of the group and then uh, mentoring that, those, those members of staff in, in decision-making. And uh, yeah, it, it was, it worked. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> so far, so good. Um, if you look back and I don't know, I don't mean this to be repetitive, but as you go if you look back to kind of where you started in the process implementation to kind of where you're at now, have you seen an evolution in yourself as a leader? Yeah. So I guess my changes over time have been to focus on uh, communication and coordination. And uh, as we grow bigger, the, the challenge is to keep the corporate culture fun and creative. 
uh, whilst me whilst uh, having a framework in place to ensure the work's being done right and our service levels are are, are still high. I think the um, yeah, so making it's a delicate balance because uh, you want staff to be engaged and, and and enjoy things, but you also obviously don't want chaos either. You want to make sure that the product's good, people are comfortable with what they're doing, and so those are things that we we work on all the time. So I guess. My changes now is scalability, making sure that uh, I look at the, I'm starting to look at the whole company uh, rather than just the buildings group. Uh, so that's been, I've been looking at more of the company for a couple of years now, rather than just uh, one group. And we've got great, great principles and, and uh, a great management team to, to help with that. My job is to keep, my, most, of my, most of the time, my job is to keep out the way. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, it's, it's, and it's exciting to see just to see that happen, right? Uh, all the hard work paying off. Um, I want to jump into a little bit of, uh, I titled this kind of outside the box in the prep for this. And part of it's largely just kind of curiosity based on my part, looking at what we're seeing in other sectors with machine learning and artificial intelligence. And I know that construction sector has maybe has had a tendency in the past to be a bit of a late adopter with building tech, but I'm wondering if you can speak to those two elements and what you're seeing in your industry right now? Yeah, it's a very interesting question in that even when I was graduating university in 89, uh, we were using computers, right? So there's been, uh, we've been, we've always used software. And I was trying to think, well, is there anything revolutionary that's changed since then? And mostly the software has got better and faster, but the functions are pretty still much the same. But definitely, they're easier to use. They're, you know, they're, you can actually dive into a piece of software and not worry about it crashing and all that kind of good stuff, um, or not worry about it crashing as much anyway. So on the design side, I think that I think it's a little early yet to kind of um, to say that we're going to push a button and you know somebody's house design will be all structurally or somebody's building design. But it's getting there. I think where the the biggest change has been, and it's not, it's been a slow change, but it's definitely more noticeable now. Is that what was for the larger company, the software that was used in larger companies when I was younger, is now being used in smaller companies. So project management software, uh, data handling software, that's all starting to be used by smaller contractors. But you still need a person to flick through the drawings and kind of, and you're still going to need people to build stuff. On the design side, I think there's going to be more powerful tools. Um, the only downside is that it's got to be scalable, and so sometimes, so from my perspective, you don't need to to do a 3D seismic analysis on some on a on a garden shed. You know, the other downside to the technology is it gets you further away from the reality of the design and construction. Because the one thing that I did notice, I did some courses recently, but one thing that was stri striking me was what would, we kind of make very simplistic assumptions about what, the way the real world works. And so we have to be careful that we understand what those simplifying assumptions mean so that we're not under or over designing things. So there's definitely a need to be knowledgeable in the use of these computers and this software. I knew it already, but it was kind of a good reminder that, that we kind of make things fit the real world as best we can. And, and so, and that's why, uh, so, so for me, I don't see anything kind of uh, any game changes yet. 
But I do think on new buildings in particular, the time will come where there will be uh, there will be an impact on our industry. Okay. No, no, I appreciate you you sharing that. Um, are there anything else like outside of those two topics on the in the tech con- construction tech side of things that particularly excites you? Yeah, I kind of um, actually that we're uh, one of the things we're looking at at the moment is lidar, but lidar for for some quantity measurements. Um, so that's one area that really excites me. It's all to do with whether it's feasible or not and whether the processing power is there and that kind of thing, but it eventually it will be. Um, so there's that, there's drones, obviously. This is kind of not new stuff, but um, it's stuff, stuff that's becoming more and more accessible. You know, um, the use of drones in field review work and that kind of thing, it's kind of really handy, especially if you're dealing with tall structures and things. So that's kind of cool. Uh, obviously, in the construction industry, there's always new fangled things that are coming out. That's, I remember, you know, I mean, 3D printing of buildings is is the one thing that you see, and and it's kind of cool as well. I think I think um, the one thing that I, I see with that is that you, you kind of you can 3D print with one material at the moment. So it's kind of it does limit to you what, to what you can build. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how sophisticated they get and what materials they use and how affordable it is and that kind of how sustainable it is and all that kind of good stuff. So I'll be interested on that side. On the on the sustainability side, energy modeling, that's another exciting area of software uh, where the building co- code is driving that you know, the step code and people introducing the new new challenges there in terms of energy efficiency. So software on, energy, on the energy modeling side is great. And then all the technologies that are being developed to support that sustainability side of things uh, is another exciting area that I think uh, will be an opportunity for people. There's a lot of stuff over in Europe that we don't see over here. And, uh, and so it'll be interesting to see whether those price points get to a, a point where, you know, it's affordable to kind of either manufacture it over here or, or bring it over here so that we can use, use them, uh, use some of the technologies that are there. And they have the advantage, they have a far denser population uh, to be able to make those things like the window systems, et cetera, more cost effective, whereas we don't have that kind of luxury over here. Oh, very interesting. Well, stuff to look forward to for sure. So I want to jump into the, these final four questions here. Do you have a favorite book uh, or podcast? Could be some, you know, fiction, nonfiction, professional development, something along those lines. Well, my, I guess I, it was funny because when you were asking me the questions about software, I was thinking about, uh, you know, social media and all that kind of stuff and that, that, that impact on things. Uh, so I was kind of my, I guess, Foundation by Isaac Asimov. Uh, or, where, uh, and that's kind of a cool book in that they were trying to use uh, algorithms to predict the behavior of society. And that, was built, that book was published in 1951. So when you think about Facebook and that kind of thing, which basically does the same thing for individuals, it's kind of a cool book to read. So uh, that's, that's one of my uh, favorites. Great. No, that is, it is very cool. Um, I read somewhere a number of years ago about science fiction it's kind of feeds off society's fears in the now and it's kind of so it's just interesting to see a lot of stuff hopefully jurassic park doesn't come true but uh, <laughs> they're working on it yeah. <laughs> well some other stuff i'm good with. um pers- best personal advice you've received oh that was a long time ago and um 
It was uh, it was a guy called Brian Clancy, and he ran the first. He was the president of the first consultancy firm I worked for called Clancy Consulting. And he said to me, he, he asked me, he says, "Are you going to put your project up for? A, why didn't you put your project up for a prize? Because he was going to nominate me for this prize." And uh, I said, "Well, I know nobody asked me." He says, "Well, he says if you don't tell anybody uh, when you do something well." Nobody else is gonna. Um, nobody else is gonna advocate for you. So make sure you let people know if you do so. Do a good job. Let, tell people. Don't expect others to advocate on your own behalf. So and he wasn't doing that to show off. He was just saying that you know engineers can be too modest. We tend to be a pretty introverted bunch, and so sometimes our achievements can get taken for granted sometimes. So and so that's the, that's the advice. I you know if, if there's something that I feel that I've done well, I'll let people know. Awesome. No, I think that is great. Um, the self-promotion and especially in, in today's day and age, you're just fighting a fire hose of information. So you're going to need uh, repetition there. Um, app or software that you cannot live without could be something on your phone or something from work. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm old school uh, for work. It would be webmail. So it's just my accessing my e- email on uh, on my work phone. So that's kind of the thing that kind of carries me through. And then uh, for for fun, it would be my Nanaimo Golf Club app <laughs> to ch- check my tea times. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I'll make sure to throw a link into this description. Um, and the last one for you, a, do you have, or what is your favorite restaurant uh, on the island? Could be Nanaimo or wherever. I'm going to give you two. And the reason for that is uh, one is uh, where we get our uh, takeout Indian food, which is Manviro's on Terminal, which is a great place uh, to uh, indulge. And then the other one, if it's a, if it's a, if it's a treat, uh, um, we'll go to Melange down on Commercial in as well. Thanks for stopping by From the Trenches, the Business Examiner podcast. If you want to learn more about the interviewee, please check the web and social links provided in the video or listening platform description. Please send any feedback to info at businessexaminer.ca with the subject line podcast. We'll see you next week.